there's something new on Airs LA every day. My name is Dr. Bill Takesha, and I'm the Chief of Optometric Services at the Center for the Parsi Side in Los Angeles, California, and the Consulting Director of Low Vision at the Braille Institute of America. Each Sunday, we're going to bring to you tips and information to help you to cope while living with low vision. Grilling with Low Vision During the summertime, one of the most enjoyable things to do is to have a barbecue. You know, invite your friends and family over and begin to cook all sorts of different types of food. I know that I really enjoyed doing this when I had vision, but when I became visually impaired, I was really hesitant to do this. I was concerned that maybe the food that I cook wouldn't be all the way cooked, or maybe that I would burn it. I was also concerned, gosh, maybe my family, they won't tell me because they don't want to hurt my feelings. You know, I might make a tri-tip, and what if it's too rare, but they just had to eat it because they didn't want to hurt the blind daddy's feelings. But I soon learned that there's all sorts of different ways that I could continue to do something that I'd love to do and also be certain that the food was properly cooked. Now, there's many different types of barbecues that are out there. Now, I personally like to use the Weber. The Webers are these very affordable different types of barbecues that have a 22-inch diameter grilling surface. You put barbecue coals in there, and you could cover it. It has a dome lid. I like the dome lid because it's something that allows the, the foods to smoke. You could steam vegetables, and it just seems to be something that I could control very nicely. However, for some of you, you might already have a barbecue. Perhaps it's one that runs on propane. These are also very, very nice. Now, one of the things to remember is that if you are going to be doing your grilling on the barbecue, that you want to make certain that you have it in a safe area. You know, as people with low vision try to do some of these things, many times we do it in an area that's actually unsafe. So make certain that you put your barbecue in an area that's free of different types of debris. You don't want to put it near a bunch of dried leaves, or you don't want to put it underneath a tree where it may catch fire. Next, you want to go ahead and prepare by getting organized. What I usually do is I will take a table out there. I have a table that rolls on wheels, and I can roll all the ingredients all the seasonings and spices and things that I need directly on that table and best of all I have all of the plates and platters that you need there's nothing worse as compared to when you're ready to take the food off of the barbecue grill and you don't have a platter to put it on so again once you have the barbecue set in a safe place you got a table where you could have your seasoning and spices and sauces and your plates you're ready to go now if you're going to be using coals in a grill I think that there's many different ways that you can go ahead and you can start the coals very easily. I have something that's called a chimney. It looks like a one and a half gallon can, so it's a cylinder, and it has a wooden handle on there. Now on the very bottom there's sort of a grill, and the first thing that you simply do is you get some newspaper, and you put the newspaper and crumple it into a ball and put it towards the bottom. Next, I use the briquettes, and I'm sort of a Kingsford guy, so I like to use the Kingsford coals, and I put them inside this can. Now, near the bottom of the can, there's a little space so that you can actually feel the newspaper. All that I simply do is I will simply get a cigarette lighter, and I will light that newspaper on fire, 
And the next thing that I know is that those coals, they start to heat up. Once these coals are started to heat up and lit on fire, I then carefully pour them inside the Weber barbecue grill. Now when I do this, I always use some of these types of fire retardant types of gloves. These are really very helpful and I recommend getting the type that has a little place for each finger. So in other words, they feel just like a regular glove rather than a mitten. Now what I try to do is I try to spread out the coals throughout the surface. I don't try to leave them in a mound because the center of the grill becomes very, very hot that way. Depending on what it is that you're grilling, there might even be some situations where you might put it in the perimeter. You might put all of the hot coals on the perimeter and you could leave the center area where there's less coals. In this way, you can get a better type of cooking when you're doing something like a tri-tip. Now, some of the things that I like to cook on the barbecue is I really like to cook some of the different types of meats. I like to barbecue chicken. I really like to do tri-tip because I think it's really the easiest. And if I had to say what do most people really enjoy the most, it is the tri-tip. So today I'm going to tell you how do you do a tri-tip. And one of the things I do is I get a nice piece of tri-tip. And then what I do is I cut different sections, different cloves of garlic, and I slice it and put it directly inside the tri-tip itself. Then I simply will marinate the tri-tip. I put it in a Ziploc baggie. I get different types of fruits and vegetables. For example, I like to use a lot of lemon. I like to use lime and oranges. And then I will marinate the tri-tip with that along with the different powders. I use rock salt. I use pepper and I use Lari seasoning salt. Then I drizzle it with a little bit of balsamic vinegar and this really adds a nice little flavor. So when that has been marinated I usually try to marinate it for about 12 hours, take it out of the refrigerator in that Ziploc bag, put that right on my preheated barbecue and then every 10 minutes I turn it. So again I put it on the grill. An important thing to do also is to go ahead and put that on the grill, cover it, and you're going to go ahead and leave it on there without touching it for 10 minutes. Then I use a talking timer. 10 minutes later, I flip it over and I wait another 10 minutes. Generally speaking, in about 45 to 50 minutes, it really is suited for perfection. Now what I like to do is after that it has cooked, I usually let it sit for about a half an hour and then I will slice it just before we're ready to eat. In this way, all of the juices stay there. Now, to make certain that it is cooked the way that you want it to be, there is something that's called a talking meat thermometer. This is a really, really helpful device so that you don't have to use your vision to tell whether or not your meats are cooked. All that you simply do is there's a pin. You insert the pin into your meat, and then it will tell you the temperature. With this, you know that your meat is thoroughly cooked. It works great if you're going to be barbecuing chicken, tri-tip, and even you can be doing other types of steaks and other things of that type. Now on the other hand, if you are going to be doing steaks, I like to really keep the coals very, very hot. I put a mound of it right in the center so it's really hot, and I try to get steaks that are a little bit thinner. In this way, I could really sear them leave them on there for about a couple of minutes on each side and just sear them really, really quickly 
and it works out very very nice so these are a few tips if you're going to be doing some grilling this summer and remember to be safe to be organized and to enjoy the great times i hope this information is helpful to you and please tune in next week when we bring you more information on living with low vision for Airs LA this is Dr. Bill Takeshita this podcast is intended solely for the use of the blind and the print impaired audience any unauthorized use is prohibited